Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 I do love that song. Mick Guerin is on the line. Mick, I'm looking forward to chatting to you. I've got one main question for you, and it's without notice, which is probably a bit unfair. But firstly, mate, how are you and uh, whereabouts are you today? Hey, Toby, I'm really well. I'm, I'm at the Caracas, ready to run thoroughbred sales today. So we're thoroughbreding today. We're here doing the television and selling a few horses. So it's been a good couple of days, but not stopping us doing the harness racing work because, of course, as we all know, the Inter-Dominions is nine days away and I'll be coming yeah. across and really looking forward to getting to, to some of the places around Victoria I haven't been to for a while. So looking forward to it, Toby. Now, I just before we get into the Dominion talk, Breeders' Crown Weekend this weekend, and I've been going back on Wednesdays through Inter-Dominion history in, in Melbourne and looking at old Inter-Dominion series, and I've actually spoken and recorded an interview with John Langdon, you know, and talking about William D winning in 92, and all those great races, and 2000 was as, as well. The beauty about them, Mick, was there was an American horse here, there was a European horse, but we had four or five great Kiwis and four or five great Australians, and they were they seemed to be the best racers. Now, the Breeders' Crown, when it was at its best, there was a couple of Kiwis in every race. Now, I understand the season's changed and it's conflicting, but my question to you is, how do we get it back to getting the best Kiwis here for the Breeders' Crown, because that's when the Breeders' Crown will be at its best again. Yeah, I agree. The best version of harness racing in Australasia is when the best horses are together. There's no doubts about that. Yeah. That's been the case in the 35 years I've been doing it professionally. Um, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, we're basically, what we've said is we're going to abandon winter. Yeah. So we said June used to be the jewels, used to be the Breeders' Crown. We said we're not going to be involved in that anymore. And that's okay because nobody particularly wants to go to the trots that much in winter for a major carnival. But the problem is is that you have all your carnivals at the start of the year, but we have a month where we have a Hunter Cup, Chariots of Fire, Great Southern Star, and a Miracle Mile, and that's a lot of racing. Yeah. Uh, and then we have another month towards the end of the season where we have, in this month, for example, New Zealand's Cup Week, uh, the Breeders' Crown on the start of the Inter-Dominions. That's all within three and a half weeks. Now, that's a lot of bites of the cherry when you're talking crowds, and, and it is difficult. And I also realise the fact that, yes, it's important to be away from AFL if you're in Victoria and those sort of things. But we've congested ourselves down to the, to the point we really only have an eight-month racing calendar. 
the forum between are just industry days. And yeah, I don't know how we get it back to the way it was because as the money goes up, um, it's just so easy to stay home. If you're self-assured, it's easy to stay home. There's a hundred thousand mm. dollars mm. of the car, or and and so I, I think it's easier to get them there at the end of summer. So it's easier to get them there for the Hunter and the Victoria Cup, but. Anything pre-New Zealand Cup people are reluctant to go to. Ironically, copy that went to Victoria this year and it helped them win the New Zealand Cup. But I do worry about the trans-Tasmanian case of harness racing and trying to get it back to what it was. And then we produce something which I simply can't understand. And as we have three one million dollar open races in harness racing, we have the the uh, the the new race, but that's not open to all horses. And two of them on the same night. We're going to have two slot races with a million dollars, one at Cambridge and one at Perth. I just can't for the life of me see how we manage to produce that. That's, that's staggering stuff. So with the Breeders' Crown, it is difficult. It's, my fear for the Breeders' Crown is it's without the Kiwis there, Emma and Clayton are so dominant, and that's Correct. not picking on them at all. They can, yeah, yeah. they can only be very good at what they do, and they're, they're incredibly good at what they do, and they deserve all the kudos they get. So by no means am I picking on them. If we didn't have any Australians then Mark Purden tended to be very dominant in New Zealand. But when you mix them together and you say to yourself, how do you rate a good Emma horse against a good Mark Purden horse and then a good Luke McCarthy horse, well, then things become far more interesting. So I think I think it's a shame we're not going to see enough of that. And I think the Breeders' Crown coming so close to New Zealand Cup time, but more importantly, there's a new meeting in New Zealand on December the 4th, which is a Sunday called the Grand Prix. Um, with that coming up and they're having the New Zealand Derby, I, I worry that the Breeders' Crown is going to become almost a single state race meeting. And I don't mean to be rude by saying that because it's still going to be wonderful racing and they're still very good horses. But the fact that, um, you know, the horse who won three derbies this year is not coming to race in the Breeders' Crown is by no means disparaging of the Breeders' Crown. It's a sign of how many riches we have and how we're trying to put the riches of a year now into, I say eight months, but effectively, really, it's October, November, December, January, February, March. So yeah, we're sort yeah, of ramming a lot of the races into, into six months and they can't be everywhere. So, so if, just, just to spitball this idea with you, if there was a qualification round of uh, races in New Zealand on, say, I don't know, December 12 or something, and if you won that, you got straight into the final in Australia and Millwood Nike goes in that race, wins that race... And the Breeders' Crown final was December 30 or December 24 or 23 or something later in the year. What I want to see happen then is Major Delight v Tempting Tigress v Millwood Nike. It, it, we just have to get it back well, to that because that is what, that, how great a race would that be? And then we would be crowning, literally crowning the two year old filly of Australasia off whoever wins that race. That's what the Breeders' Crown should be, if you ask me. Well, the qualifiers are largely irrelevant because if you've got a horse good enough to go to the Breeders' Crown, it's going to just go around its qualifiers and trial. It's going to yeah. qualify for the final. So yeah. having a qualifier in New Zealand isn't as bad. Um, the problem is I, I won a Breeders' Crown a couple of years ago with a horse, yeah, and, sure, yeah. and I loved it. It was a massive highlight. I absolutely loved it. But grand. for the time, exactly. Well, it was 80 grand, the stake, and we got down to 40,000, and then you yeah. get the Breeders and people give us here. So I think we took home 30K, uh, and the trip cost us 24. You know, so you, you go because you love it, and I love it, so therefore I was happy to go. But if you have Millwood Nike, for example, she has a what's basically a harness jewels race, 
coming up on December the 4th, which is going to start at $1.20 and for I don't know, 150 grand or something, where you say to yourself, do I want to spend 20 grand to go try and win 160 grand when I can stay home and spend no money and probably win 100 grand? Yeah, um, yeah. And there's no guarantee you're going to beat Emma and Clayton's horses because they're so good. And they're also very good at what they do because, as we saw last year, a better twist against Ladies in Red. You know, the Australian horses are incredibly hard to beat at what they do, and as we've seen with Rock and Roll do coming to New Zealand, New Zealand horses are incredibly hard to beat at what they do or specialise in doing. So, yeah, when you say to yourself it's 20 grand to get on the plane, um, two types of people go. People who think they're going to win or people who love it. And I think, for example, if I love a good trotter, it's really easy for me to say, well, I've got Muscle Mountain racing for 100,000 and a free for all on December the 4th. Why would I go to the Inter Dominions and race four times for two and a half times the money? And I think that's a problem which harness racing hasn't worked quite worked out. And I'm not saying I can fix it because it's a really complex equation. Yeah. But I do think somewhere during the season, there needs to be almost a grand final where you bring together the winner of the New Zealand Sire Stakes, the winner of the Breeders' Crown, the winners of the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge, yeah. and, and maybe a couple of derbies. And you bring those horses together. But again... Um, as a source into Dominions. Mark Purden doesn't want to bring self assured here, and that's no slagging Victoria. He didn't want to go to New South Wales last year either. So there's a lot of things that play into it, and there's so much money and so many people spoiled for choice. I think it's really hard to tell people where they should have to go. When the Breeders' Crown used to be in the last week of August, so many New Zealanders wanted to go there because it sort of wrapped the season up for them and they could catch their breath and start again. Yeah, yeah. Now it's literally sandwich between two other feature races, one of which is only a week and a half after it. Yeah, we heard from Brad Williamson. He's flying Aloha Kenny back for that for that race. Like, it's a big effort for a young filly, but they're talking about breeding potential as well. So there's more to win a breeder's crown for them than just, just the stake money. Mick, yeah, and um, that factors into lots of things. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a really complex equation. I'm not saying anybody's got it wrong, because I don't think anybody's got it wrong. I just think that... Um, yeah, but then again, if we rewrote the calendar yeah. and I rewrote it and I had carte blanche on it, I'm sure I'd start something up too. 100%. We all would. There's no doubt about that, but that's why we have these discussions to create this debate. Now, uh, Bolt for Brilliance, if you're a betting man, is he coming? Is he not coming? Yeah, I know there's a fast work, a pretty Tony important Hurley, one coming. Me, Tony Hurley rang me half an hour ago. So oh. this is the absolute oh. latest oh. on Bolt for Brilliance. He expects to be coming. He will accept in the final acceptors tomorrow. Uh, he will be then given the chance to fast work on Monday morning. And when he fast works on Monday morning, they'll make their final decision. But Tony's words to me today is, there's no reason not to take him. Uh, we're happy with the horse. There is no sign of the virus he seemed to have. Uh, and we are intending and planning to go. But of course, if they work him on Monday morning and scope him again, and he's got mucus in his lungs, he won't go. He won't. So at this stage, I would say 75-25, maybe 80-20. Bolt for Brilliance turns up, and this time next week, he's standing in Victoria. But Tony and I have quite a long discussion about it. I said, look, you don't need to be there in your best form the first night, because you're not going to run 10th. You know, you're going to run top four, no matter who you're against. And if you can work your way through the final, uh, through the first week and get to the final, you've still got another week to recover. So I think he'll go, but that's unless something goes untoward in the next three days, four days. Uh, in my discussion with Brad Williamson, this will be news to you. It was news to me as well. They base, He basically said if Bolt for... Majestic, Bri- majestic man? A majestic man, yeah. 
he basically told me that if Bolt for Brilliance doesn't go, they're they're considering paying a late pay up fee and coming with Majestic Man. I didn't even well, know the problem with that, that is that it's ten thousand dollars. Is it really? It's oh, wow. ten thousand dollars, and they would need to pay it tomorrow. And Tony is going to pay up. So unless Harness Racing Victoria is willing to say, "Hey, look, we need a New Zealander in the race yeah. or in the series," you pay your ten, and if the other horse accepts, we'll give you your ten back. Now they could do that. No one's going to care. But um, yeah, that's probably that's probably not an ideal situation for anybody involved. But that's what I would do. It's a promotional sport. I would say, look, yep, you, can, you can like nominate, and if you don't happen to sit in the fields on Monday, we're not going to take the 10 grand off you. It's happened plenty of times with horses for Auckland Cups and New Zealand Cups. But uh, I, I think they're very, very close. Those two camps are very close. When Brent and the Williamson horses go to the North Island, for a long time they stayed with Stoney Hurley. Yeah, okay. So I don't think they'll play up tomorrow because unless Harness Racing Victoria is willing to give them a dispensation to be the only Kiwi in the series. And, list. and even then, they've still got to get from there on the South Island. They've got to get to Auckland and then get on the plane in saying that he might come to Auckland to race in another couple of races. So um, he's not on the markets, so you can't back him. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he might turn up. But I'm thinking he's unlikely. Yeah, very good, Mick. I always love a chat with you. And, uh, yeah, I think something with the Breeders' Crown would be wonderful. Uh, next week, are you in Melbourne or are you still at home? No, I... Bizarrely, I actually missed the first round of heats, and I, I'm ashamed of it. But it's my my niece's wedding, and uh, she's very close to me. So, Nothing wrong with that. Mm. for a very rare occasion, I've missed I've missed hundreds of family occasions and, and parties and all sorts of things for, for harness racing over the years. My sister asked me to come down. I'm going to come to that. So uh, I'll be flying in on the Tuesday, going straight to Shepparton with Ryan and and Adam, and looking part of being in the coverage here was with, of course, you know, Shannon and and Gareth and everybody else. So I'm going to be there on part of the coverage on Trot's Vision, but most importantly, I'm going to be there. And, trying to learn some stuff and having a great time. So I'm sure we'll have more conversations over the next two weeks, mate. All right, mate. We'll talk to you next Thursday, and I'll see you at Shep. Look forward. There is Mick Gurren. He just dropped off the line at the very last second then. I reckon it cut out on us. Uh, that was good timing. Let's get to a break. We'll come back the other side with Jamie Cockshut and uh, Elliot Booth, the Iden man.